Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. Welcome to the Tell It Abs It Is podcast. Your home for everything Colorado Avalanche on the Hockey Podcast Network. Here's your hosts, Griffin Youngs and Christian Boulay. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm Griffin Youngs, joined by Christian Bole, as always, for the final episode of the player review slash preview series. We've talked about every single Av that is going to be on the team for this upcoming season, including the new guys who we covered last episode. Today, for the final episode, we are going to be looking at those who are no longer with us anymore. We're going to be talking about the departures of this offseason. There's a lot. There's a lot of guys on here that have moved on to other teams and are not going to be with us anymore. There's one that sticks out. Eric Johnson, the longest tenured Colorado player on any of the teams right now, is moving on to the Buffalo Sabres on a one-year contract worth money that the Avs simply could not pay over three million dollars <laughs> yeah over three million dollars the Sabres are paying Eric Johnson exactly 3.25 for one season and we were talking yeah we'll bring him back for 900,000 yeah can definitely good, see why there was good for Eric Johnson I, yeah. I think we said that when the news first came out good for Eric Johnson because what he he was the longest tenured dad. He, he was beloved in the locker room, beloved by the fan base, um, battled through so many injuries and played for shitty teams and finally got the Stanley Cup. And I, for one, did not expect him to leave. I did not think he would ever leave Colorado. But can you blame him for turning down $3.25 million to go play for a Sabres team that's probably going to be super fun to watch next year? No. Well, according to, to Raj, also when we had him on, there was no offer. Yeah. He never heard from them. And so it probably wasn't a very hard decision for him to go sign in Buffalo, but it's the, it's the nature of the business. Unfortunately, Eric Johnson was here. He served his purpose. He was, he, he took a lot of it during the bad years. Yeah. He took a lot of it and he stuck around through all the, all the shit. And the, even when things got better, it didn't get better for him. All he did was suffer through injury. It got worse for him, actually. Like yeah. he was he was healthy in the bad years, but then the good years when the team could have actually used him a little bit more, he he always seemed to be battling something. Yeah, he was just battling so many injuries year over year, where two seasons ago he only played four games and missed pretty much that entire season. And it all culminates 
in the Stanley Cup win, where he's healthy for that season. He plays 77 games and is a massive part of that team winning the Stanley Cup that year. Because if we didn't, this would hurt. Oh, yeah. This would hurt a lot. But we went through all the pain with Eric Johnson, and we got the reward at the end of it and saw him lift the Stanley Cup. We have the video of him tackling Nathan McKinnon and hugging him on the ice. We have all of that forever. He did everything he possibly could with this team through all of the bad years and all of the good years. He was always such a beacon of leadership on this team where yes, Gabe Landeskog was the captain. They needed Eric Johnson as well. Yeah. He he was, he was just the perfect player to have in that room. He's going to be missed. And like last year, I didn't think he was bad. It was just, he he's lost his foot speed it was time like it was he wasn't bad but he lost played sheltered minutes there were times where he has to turn and his body just doesn't keep up the same way anymore but even with that i still thought he was solid in his last year and still played important minutes broke his ankle and came back before the end of the season because he's just a warrior and against the kraken was really good. Scored a goal in that yep. series as well. His only, only goal of the year. Only goal of the season. Couldn't have come at a better time. And I thought he played really solid against Seattle. And again, it just goes to that contract. Like 3.25, go get your money. To only be taking like basically like a 50% pay cut at the age that Eric Johnson is, is yeah. pretty fucking impressive. The fact that he got more than half of his previous contract, yeah. $6 million for several years. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. And I, I think the only thing that bums me out about Eric Johnson is he's probably not going to play a thousand game in an ab sweater, which that kind of bums me out. I mean, what's what's he at? He's I think he was 80. at like nine, nine eighteen is what he was at. He's like 80 games away right yeah. now. Yeah, he's 80 games away. So I'm I mean, if he plays most, if he plays 75 games in Buffalo this year, he misses just a little bit of time, misses seven games, and he's a free agent again. Not I don't know, man. I that's the only thing that bums me out about him leaving. That yeah. really is. It's just that he doesn't get to play his thousandth game in Colorado. If it wasn't for injuries and COVID, he would. Oh yeah, he would have done it already. But it's just that's the only thing that bums me out about it. I I, I think it was. It's a great business decision for Eric Johnson. He's going to get paid. Gets to go play for a young Sabers team with good defensemen on it. He can be a mentor in that aspect of it. Um, gets reunited with Tyson Jost, which that'll be funny. So, I. I, that's the only thing that bums me out about it. I, the player on the ice is replaceable, but the person I don't think is going to be as easily replaceable. Yeah, I think that was the entire thing we were talking about with him before he ended up signing in Buffalo. I was like, yeah, you know, the play is not very good anymore. Even that's still fine. But there is going to be a leadership vacuum on this team without Eric Johnson that I think Andrew Cogliano's got some huge shoes to fill because it's great it's- having them both on the team, but now Cagliano is he now he's just the lone veteran. It's not him and Eric anymore. It's it's just funny to me that he's still practicing with Avs players. Right? He's still, <laughs> he's still here. He's was still here. He's still here. I mean, but can you blame him? This is nothing against Buffalo. No. Would you rather spend your summer in Colorado or in Buffalo? Right. Like, that's, all, that's exactly it. And it's also yeah. like he's been here for so long. But it's also like we're recording this in August. He's still he's here. still practicing with the team, like with, with Gerard, <laughs> McDermott, and all of them. And it's like, like this is weird. 
we're like we're mourning him leaving and going to another team. He technically hasn't even left yet. <laughs> he's still <laughs> practicing the team at the Avs. Is, like that just shows you that the Avs are cool with him. It's like, yeah, dude, just you, you can chill with us. Yeah, like, use, our, cool. use our practice facility. Like he's <laughs> yeah. he's actively working out with opponents right now. Like he's practicing with Curtis McDermott, who he's probably going to like fight next season. Uh, that's funny, but yeah, Eric Johnson. Good luck in Buffalo, man. Um, I. Like, do you have that debate? Like, do you think his number gets retired? I, I don't know if it does. I don't, I don't think it does. I think you can be a very important and valued player in an organization and not have your jersey retired. Yeah. Like, I think that's for, like, the the superstars. Like, you have to be in the Hall of Fame, I think, to have your number retired, except for, like, very specific instances. Yeah, I know like, fucking like, Scott Hartnell got his jersey retired right, by like some, some Like, some, like someone's going to tweet, like, no, no, this guy's not in the Hall of Fame. Like, those guys like defined eras for their teams and whatnot. And Eric Johnson wasn't the face of the era of the avalanche that had success. Unfortunately, right. he was the face of an era. That, that was the worst hockey team in the NHL. Time. And that's not his fault. And that's not a knock on him, but we can still value Eric Johnson and have someone wear number six again. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. But let, let's move on to one of the other longest tenured abs left this offseason, too, and that was JT Comfer. It's mm-hmm. crazy to think, but he was one of the most tenured abs when you he was part of the Ryan O'Reilly trade uh, way back. And was that 2015? That was 2015, June 26, 2015. Yeah. The Avalanche acquired Mikhail Grigorenko, Nikita Zadorov, JT Comfer, and a second round pick for Ryan O'Reilly and Jamie McGinn. Can't forget yeah. him, too. Yep. So they, JT Comfer, um, he was the definition of a very solid third line center in his entire tenure with the Avs. Um, I think he frustrated a lot of Avs fans because, like, the COVID year and then the year after that, he wasn't very good and he was making pretty good money. Yeah. Uh, but he followed it up last year with the career high in points, goals, like everything. And surprisingly, second- surprisingly didn't hit career high in goals. That surprised me. Oh, he, had, he didn't get to goals. I thought he did. Yeah, Cause I, I thought he did too, but he had 18 the year before and he had 17 this year. Oh, so it, it was, he was a player that I think was underappreciated, but also like he didn't do anything that wowed me. Um, right. He really kind of fucked the abs over by being so good at the beginning of the season. And then they don't make a move at the deadline and he kind of petered out. Yep. But again, the dude signed a big fat contract and I could not be happier for him. He just, what do you get? 5.1? 5.1 for five years. From good the, for like, JT Comfer, man. Right? Like good for you, man. I mean, he was making three and a half for four years on his last deal. We were talking like, yeah, we'll bring Comfer back for probably exactly the same. That. Exactly yeah. that. I wish Detroit the best, but now they're playing or paying two centers to be second line centers who are probably better fit to be third line centers with him and, and Andrew cop. Cause Comfer had a career year last year with 52 points in all 82 games with 17 goals. The years before that though, he pretty realistically toiled around the 30 point ranges pretty consistently played a lot of penalty kill minutes, played some pretty like thankless minutes on this team and did decently in them was a solid role player on this team for a while that stepped up for 70% of the season this year in a second line role. 
and then fooled all of us into thinking that this could just be fine and we don't have to spend assets to fix this. And then turns out we absolutely did because the second the trade deadline ended, uh, the clock struck midnight and JT Confer turned into a pumpkin. And in the playoffs yes. was one of the worst players in that series. Yes. But where the abs will miss him, and we talked about it in the acquisitions pod, is his penalty kill minutes are were invaluable. He, he was the leading penalty kill guy for the abs last year. So they will have to replace that offensively. I I don't, I don't think there's going to be much of a drop off with the guys they got no. in. I, I don't think so because that point total he had last year, I think was an anomaly. I really do. I do too. I don't, I think that's a contract year bump yeah. where he got significant minutes because there were so many players on this team that left and he got increased second line minutes and played with really good players not to say that JT Comfort isn't a really good player, but he was playing with the Nachushkins of the world and sometimes the Rantanens of the world. And that helps. That definitely helps your point totals every now and again to play with good players. And I don't I would not have been happy if they signed him to that contract. I would oh, God. I would I would have came on here and said, This is bad. This is really the worst bad. contract they've given out in 10 years. Yeah. Because it's it JT Comfort is a very good third line center. What Detroit is paying him is like top tier second line center. And that's just not what the player he is. I think they set him up for failure in that aspect. Yeah, I completely agree with that. I just, I don't see how Detroit's going to get value out of this deal for five years at five, even if Comper stays exactly the same. Like last year is what he is. Is that 5 million bucks even? I don't think so. Maybe it is, but I just, I don't see how they get value out of that. Best case scenario, they're getting market value just yes. straight up for a decent middle six center because yep. he he can he cannot fill in for Dylan Larkin if the worst comes to worst there. Absolutely not. And if Andrew Kopp is a better year, Kopper is going to be moving down and probably should. Yeah, he's getting paid second line center money, but he is a third line center. That's right. just that's just the truth. And I, I think the Avs like we we. We're kind of conflicted on Ryan Johansson on the last episode, but I, I think he's a perfectly fine comp for replacement for the role. Yeah. He'll do the exact same thing for a million dollars less. And is more proven yeah. and has more of a track record of being able to do that, even if he has taken a step back. I feel for even as much as we said about Ryan Joe last episode, I feel better with him in that role than expecting Comfort to do that again. Again. Yes. Agreed. Agreed. So JT Comfort, again, got your money, bro. Couldn't be happier for you. But those first two players, I think the Avs, rightfully so, did not match those offers. Yeah. I, I just, I cannot see a world where you sign JT Comfort to that contract and it works for yeah. you. Like, like those guys as players, they got their money and they'll be yeah. playing in the East, which is nice. We don't have to face them twice a year. Best case scenario. But maybe yeah, not Detroit, but even still. If it was 15 years ago, I think Detroit would have been a little bit different. But now yeah. it's like, who really cares? But, you know, there wouldn't have been East 15 years yeah. ago. So. True. Different, True. Different case now. Yeah. But there was there is one that I still look at. I'm like, man, I wish we could have done that. Evan Rodriguez going to Florida stings me. I'm not gonna lie. It still stings me. I've gotten over it, but I still look at that. I'm like, man, you look at this team right now. And where their biggest hole, it seems, right now is at that that left wing spot on the second line. And who was just so damn good in that role for most of the season last year? It wasn't perfect with Evan Rodriguez. There were stretches where he wasn't very good. But for the most part, and especially in the playoffs, I I think the Panthers got a good one in, in Evan Rodriguez. 
I'm interested to see what they're going to do, though, because it seems like the rumor is they got him because of their center depth. I mean, we thought he was going to play center last year, too, when we originally signed him. Sure. He just fit better on the wing. So who knows? Yeah, and I, I loved Evan Rodriguez when he was here. He was just such a good fit with Nathan McKinnon on the top line, knew how to get out of the way and knew to just let McKinnon do his thing, but kept up enough to be able to to bang in some pucks himself and do some of the right things in the top six. And I think he's definitely going to be a very helpful player for the Panthers. He signed at $3 million for four seasons, which is only a $500,000 raise on what he got last season. Yeah, but he's in Florida, no state tax. So that that we have to factor that in because there's no state tax. That helps. Yep. It definitely does. No state tax or anything like that. I think he, I think he definitely makes the, the Panthers better. The team that went to the Stanley cup final last year, but definitely had their problems during the regular season. They've actually got a pretty solid top nine now, at least, especially if they're planning on putting Evan Rodriguez, maybe on that third line and, or maybe, replacing Lusterinen with him on the second line. Either way, I I think this is a very good fit in Florida. Yeah, it's a great fit for Florida. And yeah, Evan Rodriguez is going to be missed. It's, I think that contract fools us a little bit, like we were saying with the state tax, because three million, you're like, damn, the apps easily could have done that. But I I think if the tax thing realistically would have been three and a half. Yeah. Yeah. So it's going to be a, it's going to be a bummer uh, to see him go, but I, I do think he is replaceable. And I do. They'll find someone. It's just, it sucks when you find a player that actually works in your system and does pretty well in it. To only get one year out of him kind of feels like, a, like a tease. Yeah. I mean, it just feels like of the, for the last couple of years, I've fallen in love with like one year role players like Brandon yeah. Saad and Evan Rodriguez, and I'm like, please bring these guys back, and then they leave for yeah. contracts. I'm like, fuck, we could have done that. Damn it. Yeah. But Saad was, not as much. But Saad definitely not as much. But at the time, I was like. St. Louis. I'm gonna. I'll be. I've. It's fine, but I'm gonna be grumpy about it the whole time. But yeah. even still, I mean, I think you're right that Rodriguez is a replaceable player. I mean, we talked about it a little last episode. We talk him up so much, but he had 39 points, which is not an irreplaceable number. And well, that just shows you how bad the team was at points when it's like a guy with 39 points. We're like, damn, that guy was good. <laughs> and he also missed a, I think, around 13 games last year. So he yeah. factored that, and he was still over half a point per game everything like that and if Duran works out here that could be that same kind of fit if Colton can play top six minutes that could be a very similar fit I don't see Miles Wood replacing that I think he could get close to 30 but I don't think he's going to be approaching the the half a point per game range I still think there needs to be if this team really really wants to compete at the top as Stanley Cup contenders which is where they are but I think to push them over the top they're going to need another guy that can maybe produce what Evan Rodriguez did last season but we'll just have to see from what they have right now yeah have to see but again a guy who went to the Eastern Conference only have to deal with him twice a year yeah so again this is a guy who's who's 30 like Evan Rodriguez you forget he's not young anymore and he really only broke into the league Three As years a ago? good player, really two years ago, because yeah. even three years ago, he had 14 points. Like he, he was a role player who I think was hurt for some of the season and just a guy who toiled in Buffalo for a while. It wasn't very good. Came to Pittsburgh and was fourth liner, then just randomly broke out and had 43 points in Pittsburgh and followed it up with another solid season with the abs last year. Gets himself a damn nice deal. Like I, I love stuff like that. I love it. And I really hope he does well in Florida. 
he gets the money, man. That's all that matters. And that's all we care about when these players come in is they get they get their money. If they're leaving, get your money. Yep. So good for Evan Rodriguez. Let's move on to the next one. Yeah, this this one I don't think we saw coming this offseason, especially not for the way they were going. Alex Newhook traded, does not leave, is traded to the Montreal Canadiens for a first-round pick, which turned out to be 31st overall, and a second-round pick, which was 37th overall, and Gianni Fairbrother, who could be an interesting AHL option, but don't I can't pretend I know too much about him. I don't know about him at the NHL level. Definitely missed most of, or I think all of last season with an injury he suffered in the preseason, but is an interesting guy to keep an eye on at the very least. But Alex Newhook goes to the Montreal Canadiens for that package and signs himself a $2.9 million deal for four seasons, which surprised me to see that four attached to that. Cause that's, that's not a bridge deal. That's a straight up contract. Yep. Yep. It, it, it was one of those ones where that one hurts just for the fact that we had such high expectations for new hook and he'd never really lived up to him. I think he was given every opportunity. It's just, he never could stay there like he was given the second line center was there for the taking this year and he got beat up by jt comfort and it was just too early it's just it's a classic case of we're trying to win and you're you're on the path you're gonna be a very good player but we can't wait for you we rather just get this package now and go and turn around and get a guy like colton who's older and developed and just fits what we're trying to do right now because i think alex newhook is going to be good Yes. I think he's shown the flashes with the abs that he's going to be very good, but it's, just, it's demanding here. And he's going to Montreal now. It's it's demanding there, but demanding externally internally with the Habs right now. I think they're very content with where they are. And if new hook can hit 45 points this season or 50 points or something like that, like just see an increase in his production that's going to be a big win for them, especially since again, four years at 2.9. Like there's, there's not a lot of expectations when you sign a deal like that. If it was a one or two year bridge contract, we probably just would have shrugged our shoulders and called it a bridge deal. But with the extra two years attached to that, like if he turns into like a solid top six forward, they're getting some pretty solid value out of that. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I honestly think the abs did good on this trade too, because they got a lot more than I thought they'd get for him. Yeah. And also you factor in like if they just waited another year, like they're not sure about new hook and they turn down this package and wait another year. And he's 35 points next year and stagnates again and is inconsistent. You're not getting that package next year. You're getting the second, maybe if you're getting the Tyson Joe's package for Nico Sturm. Right. If that even like you're, you're getting maybe like a mid second round pick or something like that. And they pulled the shoot on him early. They go out and they get Ross Colton with that second round pick and keep the first and go out and draft Guliev, who I think is going to be a very good prospect. The Avs made out very well on this deal. I also think the Habs made out very well on this deal where they do need to start building up NHL players. Guliev is probably three to four years away, which doesn't make a ton of sense for the Avs even still, but it helps restock their prospect pool and gets them Colton. And now the Habs have a lot of very young centers and a lot of options to work with. And I think this gives new hook the room he needs to grow into the player that he's going to become. It just wasn't going to happen here. It, I, I think him being with Marty St. Louis is going to be a blessing in disguise. I think that's going to so. be important for him too. Cause just the way this team is constructed right now, 
we could give new hook top six minutes, but he's just not ready for them yet. And this is not a developmental team. The NHL is not a developmental league generally. And we don't have time to wait for new hook to figure out all of the little details and find his finishing touch while we're locked in playoff races and trying to get Stanley cup habits. Where in Montreal, there's a lot of young guys figuring it out right now. And new hook can figure it out all alongside them and have it be fine. I, I honestly think the biggest problem for Alex Newhook here was that he was too good for the AHL, but he wasn't good enough to stick in the NHL. Because I think in an ideal world, you could have just stuck him in the minors for two years. And But the problem was he was too good down there. So I think going to Montreal is going to be very good for him. And that's another one where it's you wish him the best of luck. And I think he's really going to succeed there. I do. And again, everyone's going to be obsessed by who won this trade. Who won this trade? I think they both are going to win this trade. Colton's going to be great in Colorado. I think Guliev, no matter what he ends up being, whether that is a very... Even if he's on the abs. That's exactly what I was going to say next. Like Even if he turns out to be a a blue chip trade chip in the future or something like that. This is a trade that works for both sides. I think New Hook is going to work out very well in Montreal. I'm I'm sad to see him go because I had high expectations for him and I thought... I was disappointed in him last year because I really expected a big jump. I loved his rookie season. Even if the points weren't there, I didn't feel like the drop-off came in points. I felt like it came in consistency and where the details were no longer there, where I noticed how hard he worked when he was off the puck in his rookie season, where even if he wasn't scoring, I loved his defensive details. I loved the way he was moving. I loved the way he moved the puck. I loved the way he forechecked. And that went away last year. And I don't really have an explanation as to why and it makes sense to move on from it now especially when you're getting a colton who you can throw into that role and work way better yep agreed it's i think he's going to succeed in montreal and it it, we should have seen the writing on the wall when in like the last three playoff games since crack and he played a combined like 12 minutes yeah bednar bednar didn't trust him yeah like we should have seen the writing on the wall so He he played more playoff time in a cup run than he did in the first round against the Kraken. So that that's that's how we should see it. Hey everybody, hope you've been enjoying this episode so far. Interrupting to bring you a word from our sponsor at DraftKings Sportsbook. New customers can download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN to bet $5 and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. In Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelpline.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of the Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or fit or visit www.1800gambler.net all games regulated by the West Virginia Lottery please play responsibly in partnership with Hollywood Casino at Charlestown Races in Connecticut help is available for gambling call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org 21 plus in most eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction see draftkings.com sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Bonus bets expire seven days after issuance. One boost per game. Eligible opt-in required. Max bet 50. 10 leg reg for 100% boost. Eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply. Terms at DraftKings.com 
slash baseball terms. Now, back to the episode. Hopefully Alex Newhook works out in Montreal. I think he will. Let's uh, let's move on. We can kind of rapid fire these other couple ones. Yeah, but, we can uh, rapid fire these a little bit because now we're getting down to like the, these guys weren't here very long yeah. kind of territory. The next one, one that stuck around very long for me, and this one digs deeply into my heart. Lars Eller goes with the Penguins of all yeah, sports. He signs an expensive contract where, again, we were talking much like Eric Johnson. Like, yeah, I'll bring him back for a million dollars, something like that. He signs 2.45 in Pittsburgh. For- again, just a master class. Like all these guys who left, good for them. They got fucking paid, dude. And I hate seeing him go to the Penguins because this is the first time since what I when we acquired him, 2017, the Capitals got him from the Habs. This is the first time since 2016 that Lars Eller has not been on one of my two teams, and it's yeah. the Penguins. This yeah. is a guy who I watched score a Stanley Cup winning goal for the Capitals in 2018 and saw him come to the Avs, which I wasn't thrilled about because he wasn't great with the Caps this season. Goes to the Penguins. I was fine with Lars Eller last year in Colorado. I just... The price we gave up for him, the second round pick in 2025, yeah, you you shrug your shoulders at and say, who cares? But I feel like that was too much for the player that he was. I didn't agree with putting him in a third-line role. I thought he would have been a great fourth-line center, but I feel like he was played a little above his role here, and I thought he did fine. I really did not have many problems. Dude, he was great in the playoffs. He yeah. was great. He, he got the second-line center yeah. job over Kompfer and Newhook. Yeah. which shows why neither of those two are here anymore. Yep. Yep. He was he was okay in the regular season for the 25 games he played with us. In the playoffs, he was great. He, he yep. was one of the more reliable players we had forward-wise outside of McKinnon and Rantanen. But he didn't score anything in the no. playoffs. Defensively, he did. I think this is one of the few times I've really ever been right on this show. Lars Eller did exactly what I thought he was going to do. Defensively and on the penalty kill, top-notch nothing offensively it just is not there with him yeah. it is not there with him and the goal I mean, look at the goals he scored with the abs <laughs> the words coming out of my mouth. Yeah. look at the goals he scored and tell me that one of them is not one of the luckiest goals granted yeah. it's because he's a very heads up player and knows what's going on at all times and knew the play wasn't dead the other two are just he's in the right place at the right time which is yep. what Lars Eller does he had a rough season in Washington before he got to Colorado. A rough time. He was not good. He was much better in Colorado than he was with Washington. But that still wasn't saying much. He was fine in the regular season. Dare I say good in the playoffs, but not what the abs needed at that. No. Great defensively, good at shutting things down. He was just a black hole. Nothing happened when Lars Eller was <laughs> on the ice. For good and bad, nothing happened happened ever yeah it's not it's not a bad thing so yeah good for him he got paid a lot more than we thought he was going to i just i I don't know what the penguins are paying they're trying to build the most average team of all time as i this is from someone who actually i feel like i'm a little qualified to talk about this because i've watched lars eller for a long time and i love lars eller for several years there was not a better third line center for that money he was fantastic the lars eller of last year i don't know how you look at that and give him two and a half I don't, I just don't for multiple years. 
Hey, good for Lars. Good for Lars. But let's I move think, on to, to – do you have something else about it? I just, I just think Kyle Dubas loves paying those kinds of centers. Oh, yeah. He got, he got David Camp at like exactly the same price yep. or something like that for multiple. See, he just loves that archetype. Yep, he does. He does. But let's move on to another Pittsburgh Penguin, a guy who we were super pumped when we acquired him, and he was good for like the first five games and then just disappeared. Uh, our, our old friend, Long Beach native Matt Nieto. Um, he, like, like I said, when we acquired him, we thought that was a great deal. And he was great for the first like five to seven games he played. And then his role just seemingly diminished. Yeah. After that. He was great for the first couple of games. I remember distinctly coming on here and saying my only problem with the Nieto trade is we didn't get him sooner because he yeah. came in here and was fantastic. He had two goals. One of them was an empty netter, but he was playing great and I felt like solved a lot of the depth issues that we'd been struggling through so much with the entirety of the season. And then just kind of disappeared. Yeah. Like just kind of fell off the face of the map and passenger was a word that got thrown around a lot last year. And I feel like a lot of the time it was directed at Matt Nieto who would go on the ice and collect a paycheck. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. He, he, he was he was not the Matt Nieto that I remembered him being. He just wasn't. Yeah. So he he goes to Pittsburgh. Again, I, I think that's a very replaceable player. Like, yeah, it, like I'm not going to shed any tears over Matt Nieto, but good for him. He's finally on a team that is not the Sharks or the Avs. Yeah. I mean, maybe not. He has to go to Pittsburgh, which kind of sucks. But uh, well, I mean, what I did mean, he end up signing for? Did he get league men or did he get a million? He got 900,000. Yeah, it's just a little bit above league Two men. years. Yeah. Hey, that's security for him, man. It's security. It's a job. And I just, I really, I kind of feel hurt by Matt Nieto and the way he played here because I, I loved it when we got, I think we even yeah. talked about him before we acquired him. It was like, what if we brought Matt Nieto back? Wouldn't that be awesome? And then we did. And it was awesome for like five games. And then just, we forgot about him for the next 20. And then it got to the point where we actually started noticing like, hey, when's Matt Nieto going to do yeah. anything ever? When's the Matt Nieto we know is going to come in? But uh, yeah, he, he wasn't great. Like the Avs have, I think the Avs should learn a lesson about reacquiring players. Uh, I think the only one that's like worked out is Jack Johnson. Right. And, and Jack Johnson's just a very special person. Yeah. Like Carl Soderberg was a failure. Patrick Nemeth was a failure. Matt Nieto was a failure. So 0 for 3. Yeah. And like and Matt Nieto, I think at least was very liked. Everyone loves Matt Nieto because yeah. he's just a super awesome dude. But fuck, they needed more. They yeah. as simple as that. They just even for a fourth line guy, they just needed more from him because he was a passenger, especially when it mattered late in the regular season, and especially against Seattle. Name me anything Matt Nieto did in the Seattle series. Anything at all? I don't remember. Yeah, I'm, I'm talking like, do you remember him ever even getting the puck? I don't hit. remember being on the ice, like, but also that was just anyone. the second, third, and fourth lines in general. I don't remember them. Being like on I'm the looking ice. at his game log. It's telling me he had shots on goal. I don't believe them, but it's yeah. telling me that it happened. I cannot tell you a single thing that he did in that series. Granted, it was like four months ago, but we are we are dumb people. But that yeah, that that was tough. But I'm not I mean, my memory even still. Yeah, but still, just another player who went to the East who we don't have to deal with. So right. exactly, it. a lot of these guys go into the East. I don't think one went to an arrival. Yeah, so I'm, that, I'm that looking right now. I'm looking at everyone right here. No one went to no one. the East because that also finishes the list of players who signed with NHL teams. Yeah. Because the only two guys we have left on this list are Dennis Mulgan, 
who went back home to Switzerland, Switzerland. and Switzerland. Dennis Helm or Darren Helm, who retired okay. and yeah. is going out pretty much on top. We can start with Morgan and we'll finish up with Helm. Morgan goes to Switzerland for five years, gets himself a nice bag and is going to be a superstar there. And I I'm going to miss Dennis Morgan, man. I'm going to miss Dennis Morgan. He was, I'm, he, he was the player that I think like we both just fell in love with because it was like, this dude is so good, but he cannot hit the broadside of a barn. And all of a sudden he started putting in goals and you're like, damn, this dude can fucking play, man. Yeah. Like he, he I'm going to miss Dennis Morgan. He was such a meme when we got him. Whereas like this man, like he had wide open nets, like pucks sitting on the goal line and he would miss. And it became my favorite bit of the entire season of Dennis Mulgan cannot shoot. And then he scored one and he finished the season with 11 goals. He's good, man. With the team. And they all came at like this exact 20 game stretch where he could not miss but then he get to the playoffs and much like Matt Nieto, nothing happened. There was never a time where you watched Dennis Mulligan and went, wow, what a great shift because he just got demolished by their bottom six. Well, and if you look at it too, dude, like look at what the abs did in their off season. Like they, they had Mulligan, Matt Nieto, both smaller, quick guys. And who'd they add? They added more brawn. Like they added right. more grit. So right. Yeah. It was, it, it's, it's going to be tough, but uh, I'm going to miss Dennis Mulligan, man. I like you said, I, I genuinely, he's going to go home and he's going to make a lot of money. I genuinely liked Dennis Mulligan. I would not have minded bringing him back for a cheap contract because I, I think depth scoring is very valuable, but they're going in a different direction right now with trying to bring in more tough to play against players. And I do not disagree with that. And also 31 NHL teams looked at Dennis Mulligan and went, no, thanks. And he went back to Sweden. I, I think there was some teams that would have wanted him. Oh, I bet you the Avs made an offer, but he got more money to go play at home. I, I think, I think there too. is a team that definitely offered a contract yeah. for him. He got five years to go play in his home country with his family and his friends and to be one of the best players in that league. Because yes. I don't know how much the money is. I imagine it's comparable to like a 900000 one million oh, yeah. contract or something like that absolutely a slam dunk decision for Dennis Morgan to go do that. Yeah. Agreed. It, it, and Switzerland is like, I, I would go live in Switzerland if I could afford it. <laughs> so <laughs> Swiss are awesome. Yeah. So good for Dennis Morgan. Uh, this one, the next one, you already mentioned him, Darren Helm. I, I'm going to miss Darren Helm. Um, it feels weird. Cause it feels like he, we kind of already have been without. Him. Yeah. We, I mean, we have. He played like six games last year. So games last year. He got paid a million dollars to do absolutely nothing but rehab last year. 1. So good 2. for 5. Darren. 1.25. 1. 1.25. And I I honestly think that that was like an ideal scenario because all I remember of Darren Helm is just the cup year where he was an animal and he became Darren Helm from 10 years ago. Um, He went from a player I was shocked was still in the league to like one of my favorite abs of he the past 10 folklore. years. To yeah. absolute folklore legend on this team, to when we started the regular season, like, oh, that, yeah, Darren Helm, he's here. He's on the red, not on the Red Wings for the first yeah. time ever. He might put in four points this entire season. And then I, we're not even talking about this regular season because he didn't have any points this year in 11 games. But you go back to the year before, remember he would just like randomly break out like the most disgusting goal you've ever seen, yeah. like, like six separate times that yep. season and finished with. Finished with like seven goals that entire campaign, but like all of them were disgusting. Yep. And then only had two goals in the playoffs, 
One of them is undoubtedly a top five goal in Avs history. I'd have it in my top three, maybe even as high as like two or something like that. I think with the circumstances, like the when you look at it as just like a second round, like series clinching goal. Yeah, but then you look at the circumstances of where the Avs had been. And if they would have lost that game six to go to another game seven in a round two, that would have been a mental hurdle. I agree with you. It's top five, maybe even top three. Yeah, I think I'd have it top three just because of circumstance and also it's Darren Hell. Like if it, I feel like I don't know if this makes sense. I feel like if McKinnon or Landeskog scored that goal, it wouldn't be as high. But because it's Darren Helm, and that's just so funny because yeah. guy had seven goals. It's his first goal of the playoffs. 0.4 seconds left. And it's not even just like oh he poked it, slap shot off the boards, clean through the goalie. It's one of the funniest and biggest goals in Avs history, and it's incredible. And then in the 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 Western Conference Final and the Stanley Cup Final, who the hell was that? Yeah, he beat uh, was it Sorelli? Yeah, he beat Sorelli down the ice and beat Vasilevsky glove side bar down. <laughs> like he he was he was awesome, man. And I I'm gonna miss him just because. He was the dad of the team. I mean, his his nickname was Big Diesel, man. Like, that's fucking an awesome nickname. And I wish it could have worked out more where he could keep playing. But I think we all were in agreement. We were a little surprised he came back after he won the cup. Yeah. Given the injury history and probably what he was playing through in the playoffs. And he was missed last year. Like, we could have used Darren Helm last year. Even if it was like the... Like the Darren Helm at the tail end of Detroit, that still would have been very helpful last year just to get something out of the bottom six. A guy who at least is playing hard and anything like that. But yeah, Darren Helm in basically one season with the team because last year he was hurt, didn't score any points, played 11 games, left the lineup again, comes in for one game in the playoffs, then gets hurt. Gets slew-footed by Will Borgen's bitch ass. Almost feels like that season doesn't even count. It could not have gone better with Darren Helm in Colorado. Like the fact that we're talking about a lifelong Red Wing and memorializing him like he's played here for 10 years is incredible. I love Darren Helm. I wish for the best with him in retirement because he could not have, he literally could not have done more for this team. He, he, he was one of those players that like when we were at the parade, I was like, this dude doesn't belong here. Like he just does not look, he does not look like a hockey player, let alone a very good hockey player. And you just look at him. You're like, that dude's an accountant. Like there's no way he's a professional hockey player who has his name on the Stanley cup twice. Yeah. Was like, one of the only guys on that team that was able to, to lift that cup twice. Yeah. Like it, he just does not look that way, but God, I would kill just to have a beer with that guy. The stories he probably could tell. Um, Maybe now that he's not a professional athlete anymore, maybe if we reach out to him, we'll actually like maybe respond. I don't yeah. think he has any social media, actually. I don't think he has any social media. Sure, he has an email. Yeah, I'd have to do a lot of work for that. But uh, we can go back to the other days. We'll send him a letter. Yeah, there we go. We'll find his address. He's got a, he's but, got a mailbox. Uh, got to find yeah. the carrier pigeons. Yeah. Tele- telegrams. There we go. Telegram. Oh, maybe he still has a, a pager, like yeah. a beeper. Yeah, we can reach out I, to him that way. This I feel like we're really this aging a no. guy who's only like 36. Yeah, and... this is very off topic, but I, I think we should bring back telegrams. I really do. I'm serious. <laughs> With the fucking, uh, what was the... Yeah. Uh... Dude, te- they, t- there's nothing more urgent than a telegram. Can you yeah. imagine typing out something in SOS and how frantic that would feel? And someone's like, Sire, a telegram for... Like, that would, I would love that. What was the language where you tapped? Like the Morse code. 
Morse code. That yeah. bring that back. That'd be yeah, fucking great. Ba- Imagine you ask a girl out and you're like, ask Chaska out over Morse code. Right? <laughs> She's like trying to decipher what it means. I'm telling you, dude, we need to bring this back. We need That'd to be bring good. Back That'd be good. And you're like waiting by with a little megaphone in your ear, just like yeah, and you and you start hearing the doo 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 and you, you yeah. try to like <laughs> quickly decipher. I'm telling you, I'm I've got something here. We need to bring this back. Oh, that'd be funny. And you could charge like a hundred dollars for it because it's so out of like you could just do like 10 of them and you make a thousand dollars. Yeah, I like yeah, it. But, like but it. they have to be delivered to you by a guy in like a full suit and a top hat. That's the only yeah. thing. And he has to ride up on a horse. Yeah, dude. I, I did see something else. So we're we're totally off topic. This is our last it's episode. Literally, or... We literally have completed the entire thing and now yeah. we are just completely yeah. off the road. Now we can let our brain go. I saw something that made me like it was one of those ones where it was a head scratcher. It was a baseball team and they did their jerseys in Braille, but it was just like the numbers and stuff were in Braille and it's like people are blind they can't see the jersey i'm sure they'd appreciate you telling them about it yeah. <laughs> i was like i was like wait like could you imagine being a broadcaster and you're trying to like decipher who the players and it's in braille like right. I, I get the I guess, awareness I guess, for I guess it that's but in like, solidarity i suppose yeah. so like i get the awareness that you're trying to bring to like blindness but blind people can't see the braille they have to feel it to read it and i was like i was like what do we do in sport like i i think it might have been the orioles who did it it might have been the orioles that would make a lot of sense the orioles <laughs> do some strange stuff i get i get the the message yeah they're not it's just like they're blind speaking of the orioles too their owner may be the worst owner in in all professional sports like well, they, someone, they have someone such... someone in the dmv had to take it after like he he has a great Baltimore Orioles team that's super young, and he's already being like, "I can't afford to pay them." It's like, yeah. dude, what the we're fuck gonna, need, we're gonna need, like, we're not even done the first good season in like six years. Like, yeah, yeah we're increasing yeah. ticket prices because we can't pay them. Could you imagine if like the Abs did that and like Stan Kroenke was like, yeah, "Hey, yeah, we can't afford to pay Kale McCarr." Yeah. yeah, like it's the, only in baseball if, they do that. It's only in baseball. I mean, salary cap and all that stuff, but also doesn't matter. Pay your players. You're a billionaire. Yeah, like it, it drives me crazy. Like, could you imagine if Stan Kroenke was like, "Yeah, Kale McCarr's great, but uh, we can't afford to pay." Him. It's like, bro, a, you're a billionaire. We're increasing ticket prices fifty bucks. We can't afford Kale. Can't do it. Yeah, like it, when I saw that guy said that, and I'm like, dude, are you like your team could be a dynasty? Like the Orioles are awesome, and he's already saying like, "Yeah, I can't afford to pay him." It's like, dude, you're into year one. This isn't even like year two of it. But uh, yeah, that that. This right here was all built up over the course of us not being getting off topic through this entire series. We did a we did a surprisingly good job through this. I, I, I thought we did too, but I honestly like when we go off the rails because it makes me laugh more. Yeah, um, I think my and, favorite, my favorite moment from this was the Logan O'Connor episode where I like I actually had a good story, but I put it in the Logan O'Connor episode where it's like. Pro- like no offense to O'Connor and Coglia, like probably going to be the least listened to one of this entire series. Yeah. Where like the they were like, yeah, I told you for the first time, like I slipped a disc when I was out there yeah. <laughs> celebrating the goal. That's what we say. Like it's just it, that's just the way it is, and that's why I love the show is when we do that, and uh, it, we did keep so it. Fun. We we did keep it on track for a majority of this. Yeah, we did. We did a solid job considering who we are. As yeah. people and as hosts, where we as ADHD as our brains are, I thought we did a good job. Yeah, I thought we did a good job with all this, but that's it. That's the series. That's season three of the show, and that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Tell It Abs It Is podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. The next time you hear from us will be live. Well, not live, but like 
up to date at least because these are all pre-recorded. So you know, saying hi from the past and everything. I'm not even going to tell you when we recorded this because be embarrassing. But this last one is coming out, I believe, pretty early in September. And we're going to see how we feel in that moment because we do need our time off to recharge, not look at hockey for a little bit and fully get ready for next season. It's actually going to be a challenge for me. It's like purposely avoiding hockey for a little bit just so I can fully reset. We're probably after this last one airs going to take another week and just for the first time, really not release something for that week. And for the first time since we've done the show. Pretty actually just not have content honestly out, which is, it's kind of freaking might, me out isn't it might, is it giving you a little bit freak out we might get there and i might completely change my mind and be like no, yeah no i, I guarantee it. i don't want like, this is going to be old we're going to old take expose ourselves and be like yeah we know we said we we're going to take another week but me and you both are just lunatics that way where it's like oh man we don't have any content coming out like that's it's because like i i started this show in december of 2020 in that time there has never been a week without content and I yeah. actually, now that we're saying, I don't know if I can do it. I know. And I, I know our bosses at the hockey podcast network are super chill and like, wouldn't care if we took a week off, but I feel like we would be not about them. It's about yeah. me. like, I, know. I feel like we would be like, not only cheating them, but we'd also be cheating the listeners who have actually like, we've looked at our numbers and like the numbers are still exactly where they were during the season. So thank you to everyone who listened to these reviews and previews of players. I think it'd be unfair to them, but again, this is a future us problem. Future us problem. We will figure that out in the future. We'll fix. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to say, no, fuck it. We're going to take a break. And then they're going to sign someone. And yep. then we're going to have to come back anyway. And then at that point, we might as well just start up again. So yep. that's what's going to happen. So here's what's going to happen. We are going to plan to take the next week off. Whenever this episode you're listening to is airing, you should not expect to hear from us the next week. Unless something happens, they sign a guy PTOs unless it's a big name I don't see um, it. yeah unless it's like a genuinely big name like a seventh defenseman PTO is unfortunately not going to get me out of bed but regardless we're going to be back to our normal schedule the week after no matter what potentially earlier if stuff happens or if we are just too uncomfortable to leave content unsaid so We'll see where all that goes, but if you're still here listening to this, and if you listen to every single one of these episodes, first of all, sorry. Second Shout of all, you. God bless your soul. Third of all, thank you. We appreciate it. I did not expect to talk about the Baltimore Orioles uh, in this episode, but here we I are. I didn't either, but here we are. Here we are <laughs> indeed. But we finally we finally wrapped this one up. We're done with this series, and we're going to be getting back to normal content the next time you hear from us. Next time you hear from us, training camp's going to be pretty much right around the corner. Pretty it's much starting right there. Pretty yep. much, we're going to have probably some PTOs to talk about. I, I imagine by the time we get there, there's going to be at least a PTO or two to talk about, and maybe something else, maybe a signing, maybe something like that. We're going to probably just catch up on all the NHL news that we've missed. There's already been some trades since we've been recording, and some other signings that we'll be all caught up on by then. But that is going to do it for us on this edition of the Teledabs of this podcast on the Hockey Podcast Network. The next time you hear from us will be season four of this show. Wow, that is weird. Really, really weird. Did not expect to make it past one, but here we are at four. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. You can use promo code Teledabs it is on Twitter for $20 off. Geek, Seat Geek. You said Twitter. $20 off. You could use promo code. The way it's going, the way it's going, you might still be getting that. I made it the whole 
fucking season without fucking that up once. It's going to drive you crazy because this is the last one we're doing for a while. You have to live with it. I never fucked that up. The, the two years we've one. had the promo code with SeatGeek, you've never fucked it up. <laughs> I've never said Twitter. The last valid. one. I'm leaving that in, too. I'm leaving it in so everyone <laughs> can Because that. that is so fucking dumb that I just did that. On the <sighs> absolute, like, the, we're walking home. The finish line is literally in sight. Good, you made up, but... Uh, but use promo code as it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. Don't pity read my ad for me. I can still do this. <laughs> you can follow Griffin on Fuck Twitter. You. I got this. <laughs> Go for it. Finish this off, brother. Finish this off. Not even Twitter. It's X now. It's that X, bro. Me, right? Yeah. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. Oh, finish oh, it off, man. Send us on our way. Jesus Christ. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> you can use. <laughs> I can't even do it. You can use promo code TELEDABS it is on SeatGeek for $20 off your first order of $50 or more. I'll talk to my guy Elon at X to see if I can get you $20 off whenever Twitter starts putting in a bunch more paywall shit and stuff like that. So we'll get you that promo code in the future, I promise. But if you want to follow us on Twitter, I'm not calling it X. I don't care. You can follow me at G Young's NHL. You can follow Christian at Christian underscore Belay. And you can follow the show at TELEDABS it is. But again, thank you all so very much for tuning in. This show is falling apart as we speak and completely off of the rails for the last 20 minutes. Yeah, it's awesome. It's the end of season three. I think that encapsulates this entire season as a whole. This has been a ton of fun. I love this show. I can't wait for the future. Can't wait to show you guys what we've been working on. We'll see you guys again in a little bit. Thank you all so very much for tuning in. And we will catch you all next time. But until then... Let's go abs.